and welcome back everybody to another edition of the West Coast Preps podcast. I am Chris Jackson joined by Gregory Morlantoon and we have a special guest on our third ever podcast. He's our second ever guest. Couldn't quite get the number one slot there like Branham head football coach Steven Johnson but hey you're still kind of making history. You're still one of our first guests here on our third ever show. Giles Chapman from Exclusive Speed. How are you doing today, Giles? Man, I'm doing really well, man. Thank you guys for having me, first and foremost. I appreciate everything that you guys are doing and continue to do with these uh, very athletes. So uh, I'm definitely excited to be on the show. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. We're, we're Thank excited you. to have you. We had a lot of fun at that showcase there last month in Santa Monica. I, I think Greg and I were running around all day after that, too. I was sitting at my desk until 10 o'clock, just still hyped up because there was something. Man, me too. I was up to about midnight, man, just going through all the pictures and the film that we had from, you know, my phone, the other coach's phone. It was a, it was an exciting day overall. Definitely excitement. Yeah, those one-on-ones had our juices flowing really quick. <laughs> the one-on-ones, the cat and mouse. Man, it was fun. It was a fun one. Yeah, it was. And now let's talk about you a little bit. Obviously, Exclusive Speed, you're back home in the Bay Area. Just talk more about who you are and what you're doing now with Exclusive Speed. Yeah, so um, Exclusive Speed started um, 2017, uh, roughly, um, right when I, you know, came back from um, South Florida at Palm Beach Atlantic University, getting my master's degree. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it, 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 it started just with a mere vision. Um, I wanted to emulate a style of training that I saw down south. And I just kind of just want to kind of replicate that here. And, um, man, it's, it's, it's grown tremendously. Um, we started just with our, our field workouts. Now we incorporated our strength, strength portion um, as well as our, our field portion as well. Um, so things have, have, have grown tremendously. I mean, I, I can't, um, you know, I can't really pinpoint one thing, um, but just the overall growth is, is monumental. Um, and I, and I, I credit that just really just off of our athletes. Like they've created something. I just built a platform. They've created the whole entire empire. So it is pretty cool. Pretty fascinating. And more importantly, let's talk about you're expecting another family member to the Chapman family here soon. Talk more about that. How's that whole process going of having another kid? Yeah, so I mean, man, it's definitely been um, been tough. Specifically in terms of this whole pandemic, me and my girlfriend, we can't go out. We can't, um, you know, go to the county fair, like do the things that we did with our first child, we can't do with this child. So it's definitely been tough. We've been doing our family walks and everything. Um, we have our three-year-old now, Harlem Chapman, and uh, he is a handful. You can see him running around sometimes during my sessions or, you know, on Instagram clips. Um, but yeah, we are expecting our, our second born Kingsley Justice Chapman. And you guys are the first to hear that. We haven't told anyone yet. So Kingsley Justice Chapman, that'll be the name of our second born. He's due literally any day now. So we are ecstatic for that. So I think that's a little breaking news, Greg. I think that calls to put on our ticker on the top of our website at westcoastpreps.com. I think that's an excellent addition there. We'll get on top of that immediately. Definitely. A little, little breaking news right there. But you think in a couple of years, I guess 15, 16 years when they're at that showcase, we can cover both these kids and – Man, I'm trying to get some MVP awards. Man, if they choose football, they might choose soccer because I love soccer. Okay. And, and Harlem loves soccer right now, too. So they might choose soccer. But if they're football players, definitely you guys will be the first to cover all their stories and everything. So, um, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. What, about 15, 16 years from now, we'll be, we'll be rocking and rolling. So now let's say they get into football. Who are they like that we saw at this showcase? Are they like Anthony Grigsby or are they like – Austin Flax, are they like Darius Fontenot, Jeremiah Irby? That's a that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, they might be on that on that defensive side. Um, I was a corner growing up, so they they might they might be on the defensive side, coming kind of emulating Jackson a little bit, who got a DB MVP award for us. Um, you know, kind of that physical type. I know Harlem right now is real physical. He always likes to you know fight and play fight. So we'll see. That'll be a, a, a interesting one. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Now let's get into to you a little bit and, uh, with you in high school. You played for Ricky Rodriguez. You're an All-American. Uh, what was it like for you to be on the field with guys like Johnny Menzel and Marcus Mariota? Man, it was, it was, uh, it was good. It was fun. Um, a lot of competition. Yeah, so uh, I was an NUC All-American, played in the All-American game with uh, Eric Ebron, um, Marcus Mariota, Johnny Menzel, 
um, Jameer Bird, who's now a receiver, I think, for the Carolina Panthers. Um, so it's a, definitely a, a plethora of guys. Um, and I was in that rim. I was in that, that, that top tail rim. So it was pretty cool just to kind of see that, you know, all that hard work growing up from middle school to high school and just now just kind of blossoming into that final game for that All-American game. It, it was really a, a special moment, not only for me, but for my, my parents as well. Could you kind of tell just in those days when you were with a guy like Johnny Manziel, a guy like Marcus Mariota, then Eric Ebron, that a couple of those guys would go on to win Heisman's at A&M at Oregon, and then all three would get their chance in the NFL? Man, I know. It's it's incredible to look back on and see, because when you look back on it, they were quiet guys. They were they were quiet. Um, and maybe because it was a it was a, a new setting within a, that All-American week, but they were quiet guys. Um, specifically, I do remember Eric Ebron. He was one of the more talkative ones, real funny, um, real high character, funny, made, made the whole room laugh. But um, it's cool to look back on it and see like, wow. I played with that guy. I played with that guy. Um, and it's just, just to kind of be in that atmosphere, it, it, it's really unique. It's crazy for you to say how quiet these guys are. Usually you think these football players, you know, they're ecstatic and they're jumping around the field and stuff like that. It's yeah. coming from a different, you know, player and stuff like that. It's interesting to hear stuff like that. Especially no, Money Manziel. He kind of had some flair at A&M too. He had the Money Manziel thing going up there, Heisman campaign and everything. I know. I think that kind of that kind of grew on him while he was at Texas A and M. You know that that kind of that kind of yeah. grew on him. Um, but yeah, I, I do remember those days, man. Those were fun. Those were fun days just to watch him go out there, man, and see what he does every Saturday. Like it, it was literally a show every Saturday. So it's, it's pretty cool. Really How did you perform there? Did you pick some guys off? Get a few. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So, man, I, I performed um, really well. And um, how they did the teams were uh, a draft process. And all the guys went in run room. And I was the number one athlete that was taken off the board. My position back then was an athlete because I played both positions. And I was the number one guy taken off the board in terms of that athlete position. So it was really unique. Um, and, yeah, I did, I did really, really good. Um, I got, I got uh, interviewed. I was supposed to commit. I was supposed to commit um, on national television to Stanford. But that was the same week that John Harbaugh left and went and took the NFL job to the 49ers. Um, so we kind of pulled back my commitment. Um, but, yeah, it, it was fun. It, it was fun. Yeah, you guys are bringing me back, man. I've been reminiscing. Now, what was Jim Harbaugh like in that recruiting process? He was good, man. Real good, uh, good guy. Um, real genuine. So uh, my main recruiter was Derek Mason. He was the defensive coordinator and DB's coach. Now he's the head coach at Vanderbilt. Um, so, uh, man, and we have a great relationship. Um, when I say great, I mean, I, I was able to call him up anytime. Um, I was taking my SAT prep down there in Palo Alto. So every time I had my, my prep classes, I would always go to the offices, man, whether it be me or me and my dad and me and my little brother. And we would just go and just sit in office and just talk. And they were just, um, you know, just, just waiting on that, on that SAT score. All I needed was an SAT score. I took that thing six times sticks just to get that score I finally got it and then Jim Harbaugh left so that kind of just you know brought brought things into a whirlwind but um yeah I'm, I'm grateful regardless though grateful regardless but you were recruited by Stanford so I imagine you had to be really good in the classroom what was your GPA yeah so man I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you guys my GPA was not good that's why that's why I had to take my SAT six times and I tell all my athletes this and I'm and I'm very transparent um grades matter no matter how much of a ball player you are, grades matter. Um, and I didn't really take grades seriously until I got that Stanford offer. And by the time that that offer came in, it was like, listen, this is the this is the fourth quarter. So you need the SAT score or you're not going to be able to get in. So by the grace of God, um, my parents were able to pay for me to take SAT prep classes. Um, it took me six tries, but I finally got that that score down. Um, and so I, I was I was grateful for that. But yeah, I, I I preach to my guys to this day. Grades matter. I don't care if you're a freshman or a senior. Grades matter. So yeah, yeah, that's that's important. Now, what had sold you on Stanford was it that relationship with Derek Mason? Because I I know what we're seeing what he's doing out at Vandy now. I know he had some big wins last year that kind of take that program to the next step. And it looks like they're really heading in that right direction. Yes. So it was my relationship with coach, with coach Mason, man, we clicked um, and actually did a Friday night lights camp um, that summer that I had got offered. Um, and that's where I was able to be hands on with, with, uh, with coach Mason. And um, just the way he, just the way he coached his guys, it was, uh, it was genuine, man. It was, it was, it was real cool dynamic. Um, and on top of that, my tight end that I played with uh, in high school at Monte Vista, Zach Ertz. 
he went there. And he's a big time guy now. Plays for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. So um, it, it was uh, it was some 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 good ties that um kind of led me to Stanford. Uh, so uh, so yeah, that's that's why I you know ended up verbally committing there. Gotcha. And as we're talking about the recruiting process, just take us through that whole scenario and, and how you felt through it. Who recruited you and what went into your final decision? Yeah, so I mean, a lot of schools recruited me. A lot of schools offered me. Um, I'm going to tell you guys this. My first offer came from basketball. That was my first love. My sophomore year. Um, And uh, and yeah, man, it was a it was a crazy time. A lot of a lot of reporters calling you, um, a lot of a lot of different um, coaches saying, you know, different things. You have to, you know, weed out the good and the bad um, and and, kind of and kind of feel feel how genuine they are over the phone until you get to the actual campus. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had offers from Illinois, SMU, um, Stanford, Cal Poly, uh, just to name a few. Um, I think I had some other ones too, but just to name a few. Um, and it was, a, it, it was definitely um, an exciting time for me, but grades, I needed grades and I didn't, I didn't have grades. I didn't, I didn't show what I needed to do in the classroom. It didn't translate. It didn't translate. And so that that's the number one thing that I tell all my guys. And like, that's kind of, um, that's kind of my speaking point when I do talk to a larger group of athletes about grades or about, you know, uh, life outside of football, um, is that football can be taken away at any time. So great grades matter. Um, and I'm a perfect example of that. And you had played basketball. You also had an offer in basketball, like you said, your sophomore year. What made you decide to ultimately stick with football and go to college for that? It was one uh, DB coach. He was at the uh, – and it still is, and he's my mentor today. He texts me every morning, um, you know, inspirational stuff. His name is Don Cox. He's a DB coach for the Under Armour uh, All-American Game Circuit. And this was, what, when I was 14 years old. And he said, if you stick with football – you'll go farther in football than you are in basketball. I don't know what your basketball play is like, but if you stick with football, you'll go farther. And um, those words right there stuck with me. He said it in front of me and my father. And that was the final factor that kind of led me into football. Looking back on it, I wish I would have played both sports, um, you know, at least throughout high school. But, uh, but yeah, Coach Don Cox, Under Armour, All-American, um, DB coach, and he's still on the circuit today with Deion Sanders. Um, and he's nothing but a phone call away from me in terms of any advice or anything that I have. Um, but, yeah, he told me when I was 14 years old that. And that was, like, literally the, 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 one, the one factor that led me into football other than basketball. Now, just tell our viewers a little bit about where you did go out of high school and how your college career did go in terms of football. Yeah, so it was definitely a whirlwind. Um, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of injuries, um, a lot of heartache. So I went to University of San Diego my first semester, then ended up transferring to Alabama State. Um, was on full ride there, loved it there. Loved it, loved it. Um, great atmosphere. Uh, it's an HBCU, and um, it was an incredible experience, especially for a California kid. Um, out of Alabama State, transferred to Nevada just due to um, family reasons. Uh, there was two deaths in my family, uh, my close aunts, and so it was just time for me to come back home. Um, Montgomery, Alabama, was was just a little bit too far, just just for my for my for my peace of mind. Um, so transferred to Nevada, um, University of Nevada in Reno. Was on full ride scholarship there. Um, played there my junior year. Got into a car crash, got hit by a drunk driver head on. Yeah. Fractured my eye socket, torn both my hip flexors and had swelling around my back. And that was the game. That was the two days before we were opening up against University of Arizona opening night. So after that car crash, never put on a helmet again. Um, My coach, you know, uh, granted my scholarship all the way throughout. And so I graduated, uh, graduated there. Had one year of eligibility left because I was only a junior. So I had one year left um, and then transferred out. And uh, not transferred out, did my grad year at Palm Beach Atlantic University, um, where I picked up the basketball again and was on full ride at Palm Beach Atlantic University for, uh, for basketball. And uh, finished out my year there and got my master's degree. Um, and boom, that led me right into exclusive speed. So it's definitely a whirlwind. 
No, I think the perfect example of just football can be taken away, but you can do something with that one. Your ultimate love and dream is taken away like that's what you're doing now. How much should just that car accident put into perspective, just how much things can be taken away in an incident and how much do you kind of just preach that to kids now? Because it sounds like you're preaching that message to a lot of people nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Um, Man, that put everything into perspective. That uh, that That put life in a whole different lens. Um, I see things now in a whole different light. Uh, it's so much more you can do with your time here on earth other than sports. It's so much, it's so much things that, that you can, that you can do just to, just to, um, be a, be an impact, whether it's for your community, whether it's nationwide, whether it's for your County, um, and just never take, never take the little things for granted. Um, and I was so blessed and fortunate to come out of that, um, and ultimately fully recover and then gained that scholarship offer from Palm Beach Atlantic. That was like a pinnacle of my, of my athletic career. Like take the all American game, take the offers, take the, like, like getting out of that car crash, working my way back and then ultimately going back to another sport and getting a full ride and having my master's degree paid for. Like that's, that's incredible. Um, and I'll, I'll always preach that to my athletes or whether it's just to the average Joe, um, never take the little things for granted, never. Very true. And then talk about a lot of times I hear about a kid gets hurt or something happens and they get their scholarship taken away. Talk about going to a program that school is also important to these coaches and they want you to succeed and graduate and making sure that that scholarship is there, whether you know, you're a baseball player and you have Tommy John surgery or you get a car accident or whatever happens and making sure you have that scholarship there. Man, that that is huge. And I'm glad you kind of brought that up. That's huge. Um, whether whatever sports you're playing in, like you said, um, having that relationship with the coach and having that transparency with the coach and athlete and coach and parents or parent guardian um, and letting them know like, hey, I'm here for a reason. That's to get my degree regardless of the sport. Um, and so I think they just implemented um, a few years back that you're able to sign a four-year scholarship. Now, of course, that can be released at any time under certain circumstances, but um, you want to make sure that that your, your coaches and, and, and the faculty know that you're there for schooling. Now, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that, but I know the athlete is, is saying, well, no, I'm there for sports. I'm there for sports, yada, yada, yada. But like I said, things can be taken away in the blink of an eye. So when things are taken away, you want to make sure that you still have that piece of paper to fall back on. Um, and that, that, that is important. That, that is definitely important. See, I'm glad you kind of brought that up, too. And as one chapter closes, another one opens, right? I think you're the perfect example. Sure, your football career is taken away. You go, to, you go into South Florida, you get your master's, you get another piece of paper for a degree, and you get the chance to play basketball and extend your career. So it just shows that there's so many different opportunities. Even if one thing doesn't work out, you can pursue other stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's huge. It, it's huge. Definitely. Now, how was that experience in Florida playing basketball? What made you decide to get a master's in business leadership? Um, business leadership is something that um, kind of attracted me out of the rest of the uh, rest of um, the master's programs because that um, I was, I was always a leader, um, but I wanted to kind of expand my leadership skills and like that program single handedly taught me so much. I'm implementing literally everything that I've learned there. I'm implementing it into our organization now. Um, that comes from the way I talk to the athletes, to the parents, to my other staff, um, getting sponsorships, endorsements like that. Those courses alone um, was was incredible. It's eye opening. Uh, just the fact of, you know, how many different leadership styles there are, so on and so forth. Um, so that's the, the, the schooling part. And then the basketball realm was incredible. Uh, opening night, we played against University of Florida on ESPN. Uh, so it was it, it like, and when I tell you, it's incredible because of the fact of I was just trying to play ball for, for football and like, you know, just injuries after injuries after injuries. And then all of a sudden, opening night, I'm on ESPN playing against University of Florida. It, it's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, and, you know, a lot of my family is right there um, in South Florida. Uh, so it was, just, it, it, it was just a real good experience overall. Like, I, I can't thank God enough for just allowing things to fall into place um, the way they did. So it is definitely incredible. And then what made you decide to get into this line of work and get into training and open up your own company and be, the founder of exclusive speed like you have today 
Yeah, just basically just giving athletes an outlet like how I had. Um, I had excellent training growing up. Um, I was training under the likes of Jamal Liggins. Um, Jamal Liggins has a huge establishment now um, right there in L.A. Uh, people know him as Odell Beckham's trainer. Um, so, uh, like, I was training under the likes of him since I was in high school, um, just seeing how he got down, just seeing how he provided for his community, his athletes, the way he gave back, um, as, uh, as well as my, uh, my own father. Um, you know, he had his own organization, Straight From The Heart, Inc., uh, the way he provided for his athletes, his students, his parents. It's something that really attracted me, and I've always been around it. I was just an athlete. So now I was able to be in position of a leader and, you know, creating something um, powerful. And I just, you know, kind of take bits and pieces from what they kind of um, taught me and I've seen uh, and just kind of implemented into, into something powerful that, that we have today. And then we're always evolving. Uh, I'm always learning. Uh, I'm never, I'm never, you know, always right. I'm, I'm a sponge. I'm soaking up game, whether that's good or bad. And I take it for what it is. And I apply the, you know, like I said to you before, I apply the do's and the don'ts. Um, and, and yeah, we're, we're, we're moving and grooving now, man. Exclusive speed is, is on, is on the uprise. It's been on the uprise for a little minute now. And I think that we're starting to get that national notoriety, um, in a, in a larger lens now. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, I love what you guys are doing for, for the kids and the Bay Area community for sure. And you have four different training programs. Take us through each one of those and what exactly they entail. Um, so, yes, yeah, so our training program. So we have our athletic training. We have our strength training. We have our women's strength training um, and then our youth program. So our, uh, our athletic training is for our athletes, um, all athletes, men and women, all sports, uh, all different ages. Um, and that's on the field. And we do all fast twitch movements, basically getting from point A to point B efficiently. That's just in lamest terms, fast twitch straight movement and our strength program um is ran at our uh oakland facility um and it's 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 good it's good i mean if you just see clips on uh on our instagram man we got we got our athletes in there working and i still keep that same dynamic men and women i like that dynamic together i don't want to split the athletes up i kind of like that competition to where women are all in there and it's all sports as well so that's a pretty unique dynamic and then our women's portion our women's portion is huge um i'm going on I would say my seventh, my seventh women's event coming up here later in August, uh, and everyone has been a hit. Um, we've had four here in the Bay Area, one in Seattle, one in Beverly Hills, uh, and each of them have sold out. So it's pretty unique. We got a lot of cool sponsors for that, uh, and so that's ever everlasting. Just, just, just growing. That's growing. Um, and then our youth program, uh, where we serve to anywhere from middle school and below, um, and we just take them through just the basics of, uh, you know, their given sport, um, their movements, uh, their coordination, stability, core, so on and so forth. So when, when they're ready, they can just have a smooth transition to our athletic program. Um, and yeah, th things are, things are ripping and running. That's awesome. At your showcase, we met your dad. It looks like he's really helped you guys out, especially putting that showcase together. How much has he helped you just get this business to grow? And who else are some other people that have really helped you get this thing off the ground running these last couple of years? Yeah, so I'm gonna tell you, my dad has been a, has been a huge influence on my life. Um, he has uh, he has taught me things that um, that you know will, will last a lifetime. Um, I'm I'm forever grateful for what he's instilled in me in terms of the business realm and in terms of uh, providing for your athletes, parents, and community. Um, and he's real big on community and he's real big on community outreach, just touching as many lives as possible. Why have a product and hold it sacred when you can let it blossom? And that life might change is because they had an encounterment with exclusive speed along the way. Um, so it's, it's pretty unique. So he's been a, a definitely a, a influence in my life. And then I'll go back again to, to Jamal. Um, about three years ago, when I kind of started it all, I had a few athletes. I had, I had my, my, my program, my name established. Um, I went down to LA and I had a meeting with him right outside of his, uh, right outside of his house, right there in, uh, in, in LA. And uh, that meeting lasted for maybe two hours long and he just gave me game. And he was an open book to me. Uh, and he just, you know, let me know if I'm gonna be in this, I gotta be in it for the long run. 
It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be a. Uh, it's not going to be you know a fast fast success. Um, it's a grind. And so just the things that he kind of um, taught me within that within that two hour meeting, um, it stuck with me. And I'm using it. I'm applying it. Uh, and and I'm taking it for what it's worth. And, and really uh, you know growing growing this thing for the for the long haul. And so let's talk about the showcase now. The showcase Bay Area Top 100 showcase was back just about what three weeks ago or so yep. two weeks ago yep how fun was that you know just having the kids out there competing one-on-ones cat and mouses just kind of go over what we did that day and, and what you guys were able to achieve man it was it was it was fun like that's the main word that i describe it it was fun the excitement just to give the athletes um just a space to go out there and compete in a safe environment. The fact that we had full backing from the city, county, and the police department, um, it was incredible. And like I told you guys before, that showcase single-handedly made history within this pandemic and within this Bay Area realm and the sports realm right now for what it is and kind of this that, that, that gray area that we're in right now. Um, that showcase made history. And the fact that we were able to, you know, do it and everyone was safe and, and had fun, it was incredible. Um, and so we took, we took our, we took our combine scores. We took uh, our top clips from that day. Um, we took some players names and we blasted out to schools already. And, uh, you know, on, on Twitter uh, earlier this week, a mom had mentioned that one of her son had got an offer from the camp, um, you know, just based on the clips that were shown. And so like things like that, putting the kids, putting the athletes in a position to showcase their skills and what they've been working on all summer and showcase them on social media. That's really all we have right now is social media. There's no game film. There's nothing that we can kind of base it on. And it's really workouts and these showcases. And the fact that we're able to kind of just create this, this, uh, this, safe, this safety net and this safety platform where the kids can come in do the do what they need to do. They have to perform. They have to shine, and then able to 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 have that have that on um, and display on social media. It's incredible. Um, and we had a few athletes. One athlete got offered by Idaho State. Um, and and man, it, it's just from the hype of the camp. Your your name is your name is staying relevant, and things are going to happen for you. Things are going to happen. And that's with any sport. And the fact that we're able to do it with uh, with football um, here, it, it was it was really really unique. So I'm really glad that things you know played out the way they the way they did. And usually, there's a lot that goes into putting a showcase together. Just pre-pandemic times, even in January, I imagine earlier this year, you'd still have to clear some hurdles. But now, COVID nineteen, there's a lot of different stuff you got to figure out, health regulations and all of that. So, what were those hurdles you really had to go through to make sure that you could put the showcase together and make history like you did. Yes, I mean the hurdles we, we went through, man. It was it was tough. Um, but Jody, Jody Curley uh, from the city of San Ramon, she helped us out tremendously, and I definitely wanted to make sure I mentioned her name because she was very helpful for me. Um, we had to make sure that we wrote a, a strategic proposal to give to the city. The city gave it to the county. They had to sign off on, sign off on it. Um, some things they approved, some things they didn't. We had to see what they did approve and see what they didn't approve, rewrite the proposal, sign, turn it in again. Um, and it was definitely an ongoing process, but we make sure that, um, you know, all the all the T's were crossed, all the I's were dotted. Um, and we wanted to make sure that we didn't, uh, we didn't, in layman's terms, disobey and kind of and kind of go go outside of what we were kind of given. Um, and, and, and it, it ran, it ran pretty good. Like it, it, it ran pretty good. I, I have to say, I mean, everybody was, uh, was, was, was real, you know, on point from the coaches. We had a great coaching staff from the coaches, uh, to the parents. I know the parents kind of got antsy a little bit and wanted to, you know, be in the action, but, uh, you know, they stayed back for the most part. Um, and yeah, it, it ran, it ran pretty good, especially for, for it being in this pandemic and, the things that we had to had to do to make it happen, it, it, it ran it ran good. And we hadn't had football for months, so how much did that get your juices flowing just to see these one on ones and all these battles and the fastest man competition and everything? How much did that just get you excited? It was exciting. Um, you could tell the athletes been working because that's really all we've been able to do now. Um, some schools have had summer workouts, some schools haven't. Um, so man, you could tell the athletes were, were excited to get out there. The coaches were excited to get out there. Um, so it, it, it was definitely, uh, definitely unique. Um, and man, it got me excited for, I guess you could say the spring for when football season does come around. 
hopefully praying it does come around. Um, but yeah, you, you, you can tell these athletes have been, have been working um, and, and putting in work. And the fact that they were to, to display it, it really showed that it, 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 it's time. It, it's time to, to, to get them seen, to get them out. And so I'm glad that we're able to, um, to put the showcase together and, and get it out there on social media. Now, how's everything looking for your next showcase out here in the Bay Area? Yep. So same same thing. Following protocol, um, the the city the city came out there. They 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 saw how we ran the first showcase. Um, they gave us feedback. They gave us uh, some some yays and some nays. So we have to make sure that we uh you know write the write the appropriate proposal. That's why I haven't officially released the date yet. Cause I want to make sure that things things are going right. Um, I don't want to do anything underneath the table. We don't have to at this point. Um, we don't have to you know just run a showcase just to do it. Like we want to make sure that if we're going to do it, we want full backing from everybody. We want to make sure we're doing it the right way, the safe way and the legal way. So, um, so yeah, things are going good. Showcase will still happen 100%. Um, we are just waiting on the final word from the county. Once the county says yes, boom, the data is released and things are on full, full go for that. And obviously you're a guy with so much passion for giving back to the Bay Area for all these kids. And we've seen it in Last Chance with some of these kids with how tough they are, whether that's just living in their car for a while, going through all these different hurdles to make that dream become a reality, whether to go to JUCO, Division Two, Division One, whatever. Yes. So what does make a Bay Area kid so special? Because you've got the perfect perspective, just being from here and now training and working with so many of these yeah. kids. Yeah, I mean, Bay, Bay Area athletes are special. They're unique in many ways, more than one. Um, we have a lot of things that you can kind of get into here in the Bay Area, whether it's tech, um, whether it's uh, fashion, um, whether it's uh, blogging. Um, there's so many different ways to kind of venture off and essentially make money and make good money in. And the fact that we have athletes that um, are really due diligent and stay focused in their specific lane uh, in terms of their given sport, whether it's football, whether it's you know soccer, whatever that, that may be, um, it's pretty unique because we're one of the few cities nationwide where we have this amount of resources here that we can kind of venture off to and be successful in and make money. So it's definitely uh, it's definitely interesting to take a barrier athlete and someone else and put them together and kind of see how they, they think, how they operate, um, their work ethic, how they approach the game, whatever game they're in, whatever playing field they're in. Just kind of see, you know, their, their, their overall mannerism. Um, we definitely have something, something to give um, to the to the world, um, whether that's in the college realm, professional realm, or youth realm. The Bayer athlete uh, is 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 unique, and they're special. They're special. They are special for sure. There's been so many, like you said, you played with Zach Ertz and and all these guys that have come from the Bay Area. Yes. But I want to talk about. I heard this question. I was watching an interview earlier with an artist of mine, one of my favorite artists. He said, where do you see yourself in five years? And also, did you see this happening five years ago? Mm, good question. So, so no, I didn't see myself. Well, okay. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm going I'm to take it back. So, did I, did I see this, this uh, success happening five years ago? I'm going to say no, because I didn't think it would be uh, this fast. Um, I knew I'd be successful. I didn't know what round. I didn't know where. I didn't know how. Um, but I knew I'd be successful. That's just the confidence in me. Um, so that's not, you know, saying it in an arrogant way like that. But I knew I'd be successful. I just didn't know where how or when um and where i see myself going in five years from now i want to open up different locations nationwide um i want to spread this exclusive speed brand um i think we have something unique have something um you know really special for the athlete uh and and we we kind of need to spread our wings a little bit uh i want to get a few locations i already kind of have my mind set on different cities um i've already looked at real estate in different cities so uh you know when you ask that um you know those are the questions i, I ask myself weekly and i ask myself that with a purpose um, you know, how can I get there in five years? What are steps I need to do on an everyday basis to get there in five years? Um, and so like, those are the, those are the questions that are ongoing for me. Um, and, and I think it's really key to have those, uh, you know, have, have those thoughts in your head always looming around and not just when someone asks you or not just when you see it somewhere. Like I want to always ask myself and challenge myself. Um, cause I want to make sure that I am progressing daily. 
um, want to make sure that I am progressing to my goals and, you know, how I want to be and, um, you know, be proactive, whether we're in a pandemic or whether we're thriving economically. Uh, I always want to be proactive the best way I can. 100%. Now, Greg, who was that artist? Was it Logic? Hey, we don't need to tell the world who my favorite artist is. Okay, now, 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 Giles, I got to give you guys another shout out. Who handled the music at your showcase? Okay, listen, it was... It was a it was a playlist like it, it was a playlist that we have for um for our strength program. Did you like it? It was cool. I liked it. I I, I liked it because I heard Nipsey hustle a few times. I liked hearing hustle and motivate a few times. Greg didn't know that song. Sadly, I don't know how he doesn't know some of these Nipsey hustle songs. It really disappointed me. But what what one of the top songs of all time? Oh great, we got to work on that, buddy. We've got to work on it. <laughs> Anyways, I also, on our first podcast, I uh, ambitiously had to call out Austin Flax and said I could take him on a one-on-one. Now, I said that, I think I got to get to your athletic training program because uh, it's been a long time since I've uh, trained in that that capacity. I'm telling you, man, I don't, I don't want you to pull a hamstring or nothing, man. Austin Flax, Austin Flax was electric that day. Yes, um, that was that was the first time I have uh, seen him in person. That's the first time I've, I've heard his name. And like, that's the that's the beauty of it. I, I never knew who I never knew Austin Flax before the showcase. Um, and he was uh, he was brought to me by his trainer, um, trained deliberate. And so he said, hey, I got a guy, blah, blah, blah. Can you get an invite? I gave him an invite and he just shined. And like, and like that's and like that's the that's the beauty of it. So yeah, if you if you want to get out there, you got to make sure you do your stretches, some sprints, something. Yeah, I know. I, I got to do something. But also, Chris and I, Chris thinks he can beat me in a forty yard dash. I, I never said I could beat you in a forty. Yeah, I, 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 I would not say that. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not sticking my nose where it's not meant to be. I I know my worth in certain areas. I know my worth. So, 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 no, yeah, no, so no, I don't, so no 40. Come on, Chris. I, I, no, I, I think we should train with you to do it and then get ready for your showcase and let's send this tape out to some colleges. Ooh, there we go. I like your thinking, baby. There you go, Chris. Yeah, I like that. Let's get Justin Wilcox. Let's get David Shaw. Let's get Neil Brown, Tom Herman <laughs> on the phone. And I can contribute, but yeah, we'll see. But Austin Flax, though, what he does really well is his, his hips, too. Greg, you got to be aware of what he does. He, he really fools. He fooled a lot of DBs that Saturday. So, do you have any advice for Greg training wise? <laughs> training wise, um, definitely yoga. And I know a lot of a lot of people don't like yoga, but yoga will open things up, open muscles up you never thought were there. And so, yeah, yoga and some and some prayer. <laughs> Lots of prayers. That's for sure. So, so when is your next training session for program? I think we might need to sign Greg up. Yeah. Also, I think we need to sign a sign a health waiver or something for your showcase. So if you can get that signed on, we can finalize the X's and O's of that. And I know, right? Yeah, no. So we are completely down right now. I made a post on Instagram. Um, I made like two or three posts on Instagram and on Twitter. We are completely down. No trainings, no nothing until Kingsley arrives to the world. So I am shutting everything down until then. Um, and once he arrives, we are back in action. Uh, September 2nd is the official start date of our strength program that's coming up. So that's going to be huge, strength and conditioning. Um, and the fact that there's no high school football, and you're not allowed to practice either in the, in the weight rooms. So, um, you know, we're giving athletes a a room to, to, to lift a, a, a environment to feel safe in and, uh, and get their strength working as well conditioning. So September 2nd is our official start date for that. Um, but until that date, we are shut down until little man arrives. So I'm excited for that. And, and it's a, it's a well needed break. I've been working my butt off. It's a, it's a well needed break. Yeah, so exactly. break, spend time with your family, enjoy your newborn. Yeah. They only happen once, right? I'm telling you. <laughs> Gotta enjoy. But now I also, does Greg ha- can can he cover Austin Flax for one play? And what are the odds? I think we need an over under, some percentage of what the odds are of him, I guess, being able to stop yeah. Austin Flax. It depends. So it depends on what drill. Are we talking about cat and mouse, or are we talking about one on ones? Cat and mouse, no. I think both. <laughs> I think both actually. I think both are excellent. But one on ones, if you play off, you have height and you have length. So. 
you know, you could you could use that to your to your advantage. Even if you're not there, your arm length is much longer than Austin, so you could whoop, tip it. But yeah, cat and, cat and mouse, it'll be tough. It'll be tough. The cameras will be around. The adrenaline will get going. And Austin just, he has it. He has it. I don't know. Yeah, cat and mouse, that might, that's not really my drill. I think one-on-one, though, seven out of ten. If you gave me ten chances, I think I could get seven out of ten. What? I I'm sticking with seven out of ten. Okay, now, now, now what if you had to block, like, Darius Fontana or Dominic Childers? What are those odds? I'm laying on the ground. He can just run over me. That's fine. Yeah, that's out. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but but then again the offensive linemen were good too and the fact they that were. yeah they, they they were good and they were big and the fact that those two guys really just manhandled everyone is a big testament to them but like our our offensive guys were were good the offensive line were good um and i think and like i'm gonna i'm gonna be posting it on twitter too because i think like they they, they they haven't got the the long end of the stick. They got kind of short in the stick. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna be posting their their prime time clips as well. Um, but we got some we got some good old linemen there. Yeah, we had the one lineman with a stare down at the end of one of the plays too for like five seconds. That was vicious. I remember that. I remember. I don't know what athlete that was, but I remember that. Yeah, I think it was from Vintage. I want to say. Yeah, was that the lineman from Vintage? Yeah, in Napa. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, yes, yeah. I mean, we had we had guys coming from from quite quite a quite a few ways out too. So it was pretty unique. Um, a few guys from Delta, uh, which is out in Stockton, like you said, Napa. Um, we had a few uh, Fairfield kids, Vacaville, Sacramento, um, Greek speech from Sacramento, I believe, Kasum Oaks, somewhere out there. So it was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good, good. Um, you know, demographics. Definitely. I think before we get into some more of these fun questions, Greg, I think our next project is a documentary series on your training for the showdown with Austin Flax. I think that would be fun. Time you in the 40s each afternoon. We'll just go to either. Let's use Granada or Livermore's field. I think I think we can use that. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, some fun questions for you. Like we asked Brandon's head coach yesterday, favorite video game growing up. Favorite video game is Tekken Tag. Tekken Tag, the original Tekken Tag. I think it was on uh, – if I'm not mistaken, PlayStation One or Two, um, and my favorite player is Eddie with the with the dreads. He does the capoeira. Yep, Tekken Tag. No one can beat me. Okay, wow, no one calling everyone out. Yeah, Tekken Tag. Not fair enough. I think I'll give you that one probably. Yeah. Now, did you play Madden or NCAA football growing up? Any of those? I played NCAA, but I was terrible. My little brother used to always beat me. I was terrible in those games because I I. Like just, I just play. I just pick anything. I don't punt. I don't do nothing. Like, yeah, th- those games were not my games. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I, f- I figured they'd be right up your alley. I'm telling you, right? I just know that. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I went as, I would, I went to score. I would get mad. Yeah, it'll be bad. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we've all been there before. Hopefully, yeah. no broken controllers. No broken controllers. No, no, my mom was not going to pay for another one. <laughs> that, that's good. Good. I like the discipline of that early age. So that's good. And now, favorite home cooked meal? Favorite home cooked meal? Steak. It got It has to be marinated. Marinated correctly. Yes. Steak. Baked potato, not mashed potato. Baked potato. I need to see the skin on it. Okay. That, that's important. I know it's kind of weird. That's important. And then uh, the garlic bread. Oh, nice touch at the end. The garlic. Oh, man. I'm not fully on board the baked potato thing. Greg knows my thing for mashed potatoes is very extreme. We've been on a trip before with friends where I I, I paid for the entire mashed potato so I could have the last half of it. We went to Mastro's in LA. Yes. Friends took a trip. And there's like half of those mashed potatoes left. And I went to go take some more. I was like, wait, I'll pay for the rest of it if you let me have it. And it's like $20 for a side of mashed potatoes. I'm like, Go right ahead. Wow. That's pretty serious. <laughs> yeah, I think that meal set us back financially a little bit. Right, yeah, that, that's, a, that, that's, a, that's a nice restaurant. Yeah, it is. It's one of those places where you walk in anywhere, they're spraying you with cologne, free mm-hmm. mints, you know, mm-hmm. for the darn thing you got. It's like $85 per person, but right. I don't know. For those mashed potatoes, I think it's kind of worth it, to be I'm quite honest. Baked potatoes, good. Baked potatoes are very good. I don't know about mashed potatoes. It, it, it depends on who on who does it. Some people can't make the right baked potato. Mashed potatoes, I don't think I've ever had bad ones. That's true. No, you're right about that. But garlic bread, garlic bread and bread. Yeah. Anything like that is just winner. Now, now, what's in the marinade for, for steak? Good question. A little salt, a little pepper, 
Um, okay, I don't I don't know my seasonings because like my mom just you know she just cooks it and like like I don't know I don't know it's I guess you could say it's the it's the mom touch. Gotcha. It's the you know um, yeah I don't know what she puts in it but I know it's good and I know it's marinated. Yeah, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. <laughs> all right. Now, what about favorite dessert? Favorite dessert? Ooh, good one. Ice cream. Ice What's cream. Um, I am a I am a big fanatic on ice cream. Um, gourmet ice cream. Not just like the little vanilla scoop or chocolate scoop. Like has to have like some Reese's in it, some oh. some some uh, you know caramel or some, you know something luxury. Uh, my favorite places to go is Fenton's right there in a. Uh, Piedmont area, uh, but in, in Oakland, yeah. Uh, Fenton's ice cream, real gourmet place. Um, and yeah, you get me a, a bowl of ice cream and it's, it's I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm good to go. Wow, I think. I mean, yeah. I'm starving. <laughs> right. Doing this because last time we had buffalo wings and now we got steak and ice oh, cream. No, food talk is just so fun though too. Like I could talk about that all day long. It is. I gotta be training. I can't be eating all this buffalo wings and ice. Now, now, now I'm sure Giles has the perfect answers for you in terms of diet for training. There's our next question. Well, what does Greg have to do diet wise for the next month or so to get ready to for the showdown when he does ultimately still get destroyed and his ankles do get broken by? Awesome. Drink your water, eat your fruits and eat more greens, whatever greens you salad. Oh, water. See salad, broccoli, the things that we didn't like when we were growing up. Um, Just eat, eat more greens. Um, A lot of high intake on the fruits, get your sugar intake. um, And yeah, water and cut down on the hamburgers. Oh man. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if Greg can do that. Greg likes his burgers, but Greg, Greg we, we got like ten bags of salad in our fridge right now. I just had one for lunch. You can have some of the other ones to train. Uh, I will gladly you. donate those. <laughs> All right. And now, your favorite team and your favorite player that you've ever played with. Um, favorite team, like NFL team or NFL, NBA, MLB, whatever teams. Yeah. Okay, so look, so I, I've got asked this question a lot of times over the years. I'm going to say the same thing. I do not have a favorite team, but I have one favorite player, Chad Ochocinco. Oh. And, like, when I tell you, like, I used to sit there in front of the computer on YouTube and look at his tapes, um, look at his, uh, his workout videos. And it wasn't even necessarily the videos. It was just him talking. Like, I was so fascinated with how he thought how he approached the game, how he approached life. A lot of people may agree with him. A lot of people might not. Um, he's very controversial. Um, but man, Ocho Cinco, and like, and that was a that was a that was a real big influence on my life growing up in terms of the sports realm and how I kind of conducted myself. And like I said, everything everything people didn't agree with. Like I'll tell you this: like in high school, man, my senior year, I would go in the locker room and tweet during halftime. Because I seen Ocho Cinco tweet during the games. Yeah. And um, my high school teammate can tell you this, DeAndre Carter, who now plays with the Houston Texans, um, and he's actually my son's goddad. Uh, he would be like, dude, what are you doing? I was like, listen, I got I to tweet my stats at halftime. And so, because I, I seen Ocho Cinco do it. So, like, it was something that he did. I, I wanted to kind of mimic it. Um, so, that's the man. That, that's, that's one of my favorite all-time guys within the sports realm, regardless of the sport. Um, Ocho Cinco. Yeah, that's a big one for me. And he flashed, what was that, the $20 bill? How much of that to the ref when he was in Cincinnati? Yeah. I remember that. That was That's that's one of my favorite NFL moments. Yeah, and man, he's, 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 a, he's a character, man. He's a character. So, yeah, that, that's probably my, my, my main guy looking up to within the sports realm. So you and DeAndre Carter played high school ball together, too. He went on to have a really successful college career. Now, obviously, he's made it to the league. Yes. How good was he growing up? Yeah, man, he was a he was a a workaholic. Um, so he didn't have all the notoriety that I had, but he put in the work, and he went to Sac State and broke records, and he had a phenomenal career. Um, and man, his his, his name rings bells, um, heavy within the within the barrier realm. And he's gone off to play um on a few quite quite a few uh, different NFL teams, and now he's he's got his landing spot here with the Tex- Texans. 
Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, we're, we're praying for, for a big year from him. Like I said, he's my son's, both son's goddad. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're really close. Um, when he wasn't playing and he was kind of like in that gray period where he got released from the Patriots, I believe, um, it was me and him every day on the field. And like I was the trainer and he was the athlete. So like it was cool because, you know, we would we would be trained together. And now like I'm training you, you know, so it was a real cool dynamic. Um, and uh, and yeah, yeah, he, he's a he's a big time, big time athlete, big time player. Awesome. Well, yeah, I think that's I think that's all we got. Unless Greg, you got anything else to ask? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's probably the best conversation that I've had so far in this quarantine. It's been so hard to, to find people to talk to with, you know, yeah. stuck up in the house and it's yeah. nice to talk about football and, and ice cream and steak and all that stuff. So thank you for coming on to the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Definitely. Definitely. And I just want to say thank you guys. Um, like I told you guys before, you guys have our full support as an organization. Um, I love what West Coast Preps is doing, what you guys are about, what you guys stand for, um, not just with football, but with all sports um, and giving these athletes just, you know, something to kind of gravitate, gravitate to. Um, we said this on the field, but L.A. is doing it. Texas is doing it. Florida is doing it. And they have you know, they're, they're, they're guys that they kind of go to within their given communities or counties. Um, and we simply really don't have that here. So you guys are really kind of breaking ground for us. Um, and yeah, take it, take it with two hands and run with it. Like you guys have a lot, a lot of good potential coming up here. And like, I, I got you, I, I, I believe in you guys and you guys have our full support. Um, I told you that my father told you that. So I just want to say thank, thank you guys um, for just being you and establishing something that, you know, we can kind of gravitate to, uh, you know, as a, as an overall sports community here in the Bay area. Yeah. We appreciate you saying those kind words about us. We're both Bay area natives like you. We both grew up in Livermore. So we know how special Bay area kids are. We saw it at your showcase, a lot of great kids in this area. We want to make sure get the exposure and the stories they deserve. Definitely. Doesn't matter what sport you're in, there's a lot of great stories out here in this region that we've seen it. We've watched it on Netflix on Last Chance You. All these great stories that are really heartwarming and inspiring. We've talked to so many great kids, and and for the same reasons as you, it's all for the kids and it's all for yeah. Place to give us everything. No, yeah, definitely, definitely. And once uh, once that date is released for the uh, for the September showcase, um, I'll send that over to you guys. Um, and I would love to have you guys come out again for that if you guys are able to. Oh, we'll be there. We will be there. I will be there early. I will wake up at four thirty in the morning. I get to watch some more one on ones. I get to watch Greg break his ankles. Yes. Oh, this will be a great day. Oh. Yeah, it'll be a it'll be a really really fun day. So yeah, once everything is cleared with the uh, with the county on our side, we'll send it over to you guys, and we 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 can't wait for that. Can't wait for it. Awesome. We appreciate that, Giles. Thank you so much for coming on today and speaking with us. It's always a pleasure. We'll always be in touch with Giles here again soon, and we'll make sure we cover that next Bay Area Top 100 Showcase here really soon. But until our next show, take care, everybody. That'll do it for the West Coast Preps podcast for today. Be sure to stay tuned to all of our podcasts every Tuesday and Friday on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, you name it. That's where our podcast is. Subscribe to our newsletters on our site at westcoastpreps.com to get that every Monday and Thursday. Follow us on social media at West Coast Preps underscore and check out all of our content and the latest story about Giles Chapman and the exclusive speed of at westcoastpreps.com.